Welcome everybody to another episode of EM Over Easy. Drew Tanner and Andy here recording at DK Diner in sunny Columbus, Ohio. It's kind of gray outside, actually. I shouldn't have said sunny. About to storm. It's the exact opposite of sunny. (laughs) We're three minutes away from storm. It's sunny because we're all together in the same place physically. That's a great. It's it's always sunny. It's always sunny when when we're at DK Diner. Yeah, the three of us are together talking about a topic. Feels so warm and fuzzy. That we've kind of talked about before, but we're going to come at it a little differently. We, talked, the about topic, we talked about some before. And so we're going to talk about the idea of mentorship. And this all comes from I recently, through the academic life in EM's Facky Bader, recently read a book called Forget Your Mentor, Find a Sponsor. And so in the course of reading this book, it really kind of made me rethink about how I've approached mentorship in my life and even how I've approached giving mentorship to other people. And to me, it really kind of came down to the fact that Mentorship is awesome. I don't want to discredit what we're what we're about to talk about or what we've talked about before. Mentors make a big deal in our lives. All of us can think of people who have been key to our current situation and think of people that we've reached out to that will hopefully get us to where we want to go from here. But to me, it really came down to this idea that we undervalue the role of mentorship and what it can turn into, which is sponsorship. It's kind of a next level thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this seems deep. Yeah. But I want to take a step back real quick. Um, I question you reading the book. So do you actually read or do you do everything on like audio tape? Because I've never actually seen you read before and I'm, I'm not that's, convinced that's you can point. do it. He has is it, given me books, yeah. like physical books. I've but, never physically seen you read and I spent a lot of time with you. So I, I always see you with headphones in your ears and I just want to know what's, if, what's your pages per minute? Like is, what are you, what are you reading book? there? So I read this book. I read, I typically when I go on vacation. So whenever like we go with you the, do kids, go on vacation when I go on the kids, when I go with yeah. the kids, I bring a book to read. Because I'll read to them when they go to sleep, or I'll read it to myself. We're going to have to interview your children. Do you read these books to them? I read this book to a couple of my kids, and they thought it was boring. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) As I was reading this, Savannah was like, Daddy, this is really dumb. This has nothing to do with me. And I was like, just go to bed, kid. It does have something to do with you, kid, but you just don't understand it. We want to hear about Harry Potter and Hermione again. That's right. That's exactly what she wanted. Why didn't she bring me Harry Potter? And I was like, I don't know. I already read that once. Well, I mean, she's on the right track there. Yeah. But really, Harry Potter had a ton of advisors, mentors, mentors, mentors and, and a few sponsors. sponsors. Yeah. 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 So that's a great lead into the idea that when I read this book, it made me reevaluate you know, the three levels of mentorship or sponsorship. And really, it starts with advisors. And so I think all of us here can remember advisors that we've had. So when I think of an advisor, the first thing that comes to mind is the person I met with an undergrad to make sure that I checked all the boxes to get into med school. Oh, yeah, okay. So like you were assigned an advisor within your in your college or within your major. Someone who basically you are forced together with that's going to give you some some sort of advice to guide you yeah. with little or no investment overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing emotional to yeah. being an advisor. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm not emotionally connected to my advisor. My advisor's not emotionally connected to me because if that emotional connection occurs, then it turns into a mentor. Mentorship. Yeah. And advisors are great. Like everybody yeah, needs advisors. They're, they're not like, bad. We have financial advisors to meet our financial goals. We have college advisors to make sure that again, to make sure that I took the MCAT, to make sure that I got a letter of recommendation, to make sure that I had checked some boxes to get into med school. Like you need advisors in your life. And to me, like when I was thinking about what advisors say, because part of this is like Drew I probably Sanders, needed a few more advisors in my life. To be honest with you, yeah, you took kind of a curly Q way to. I'll give you some advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when we think about the emotional tie of going from an advisor to a mentor, to me, I'm also a member of the scripting that you have when you advise people, because we all advise people. Yeah. And for me, the the thing that I always think of is I'm like, you need to do this. Like they come to me with a, with a question and the real basic answer is, well, here's what you need to do. And that's kind of the role of an advisor is you're there to kind of be a check and a balance with somebody to make sure that they basically fill out the checklist for whatever they want to do. You're giving them accurate information, yes. but there's no real investment beyond this is what you need to do. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. 
I think my current number one advisor is ACGME because they give me a ton of advice, <laughs> very long checklist of things in junior faculty that I have to be accomplishing. Yeah. And it feels quite overwhelming, to be honest with you. Completely agree. And I don't like their advice. <laughs> and I'm not very connected with them. <laughs> there's not a lot of connection because it's basically do this or lose your ability to do what you want to do. Yeah. So there's not, there's not a ton of emotional which, which has value, but it's not doesn't feel great. Yeah. Yeah, completely. But it's really no different than the college advisor, the med school advisor, whatever, that if this is what you want for your next step, if you want yeah. to go to these colleges, this is what you need to do. If you want to get into medical school, this is your checklist. Yeah. It might seem overwhelming. It might not seem overwhelming. That truly is what your advisor is doing. Yeah. No, very, very true. But I think, and then what Drew mentioned, that sometimes your advisors can turn into mentors. And I think we've all been lucky enough to where we've been able to find some of those people who maybe started giving us advice, but then there was an emotional connection. That one from us, we began to value their advice beyond just being advice and took to heart some of what they said. And so a mentor is basically somebody that typically is experienced and somebody that you trust. And I think to me, that's where it's different. Because it's not that I didn't trust my advisors in college or in med school, but I didn't like go to them looking for things that I needed trust from. Like they've done this a hundred times. Like they're going to give me the same advice they give everybody else. But somebody who's a mentor is somebody like I truly value their opinion and trust it. And I'm not going to ask somebody to be my mentor that hasn't either been through what I'm going through or going through it themselves. Which is really somebody that's providing you more than just advisory information. It's, it's yeah. guidance yeah. in a way that you can connect with them and they connect with you, right? So a mentor is somebody that you actually have developed a next-level relationship with that you can probably have a cup of coffee and talk about nothing, and you can also yeah. have a cup of coffee and talk about advisory-like things, or that conversation can ebb and flow yeah. in the same meeting, and that's when you know you've actually started to develop some type of mentorship. And also, when you look at that person, you go, I want to emulate some of what you're doing. Because you provide that leadership almost yeah. to show me, here's where one of the places I could go. I want to do some of what you're doing. And, yeah. and part of a mentor, too, I think, is that you've the mentor often has gone through those steps. Yeah. Whether it's life steps, whether it's career steps, they've actually experienced it. Oftentimes, when you think about it, your advisors haven't actually experienced what you're going for, right? Yeah. And I hate to go back to the high school advisor. I mean, of course, the high school advisor did apply to college and go to college and all that, but that is such a remote thing, and that's not what they're actually doing. They're advising you on how to get there. Oftentimes, your mentor is already at the point that you're trying to get to, and they're helping to bring you up to their level. Yeah. So for me, I think that, and the key thing to what you said is your mentor is somebody that you want to do some of what they do, and I think that's key that when you try to build mentors, because I think we've all been guilty of finding somebody that we really like and somebody that we want to have an emotional relationship with. And then we find out part of their life is just not what you want. And so we automatically, maybe part of us disregard everything about that person's life. When the realization is, is that we, you should have multiple mentors because there's multiple facets of your life that you want to try to improve. And so for me, I have a mentor in each one of those different parts of my life, knowing that they might not be good at other things that I want to do. So, I mean, one, one thing I remember in med school was literally the best clinician I ever worked with had, he was a awful personal relation person. He was on his fourth wife. He had nine kids. He had to work 120 hours a week because he had made some bad decisions. But clinically, he was sound and did a very, very good job in his approach to patients. And so I never really asked him about, how do I do better with my wife? Because I didn't want his advice because his advice probably wasn't going to be very good. Or maybe it was because he was on number four. I don't know. <laughs> well, listen, nobody's perfect. Right? Yeah, nobody's and, perfect. And yeah. I you have to have that expectation of yourself and of others. When you look for a mentor and an advisor, even as we talk about sponsor, you're not looking for, you're not trying to emulate that entire person. Yeah. You're trying to emulate 
or receive guidance from something that they are truly an expert at yeah. or can provide expert guidance to yeah. you on this one thing. Yeah. And the difference between advisor and mentor is that you've gone from no connection to a personal connection, yeah. right? That's very, very true. It, it, you, and maybe that person is still providing advice to you on relationships, but in the negative feedback kind of way. Yeah, that's right? true. I, I talk probably way too often about the most influential book I've ever read in my life, which is Catcher in the Rye and, and Holden Caulfield and, and how the person that defined him most in life is the person that he wanted to be least like, which is sure. his father. And at the time growing up in, in high school, going on to college, I felt a lot of connection to that same sentiment. Yeah. My dad and I now have a great relationship, but at the time we, we didn't. Yeah. And that's a negative feedback pathway, right? So in that's your true. situation, yeah. maybe that still is mentorship, but in a negative feedback as opposed to positive feedback. Yeah. And you got to be true. able to take guidance, leadership, and mentorship in, in all forms. In whatever form it comes, yeah. It comes. And that's a whole separate episode we could probably do is ways that you receive mentorship and guidance. Yeah, yeah I would agree 100%. I mean, some of the best mentorship I've ever received is because I watched somebody and said, that is exactly what I don't want to yeah, be. it's true. But you take notes on that really well because either you're hurt by it or you see other people that are hurt by yeah. some negative interactions. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then when we think about like the phrases, when I mentor people, like I said before the advisor, it's here's what you, here's, here, here's, here's what you should do. Um, or here's what you need to do for me. It's the, here's what I did, or let me tell you what this might look like when you go through it. Cause again, you're speaking from a, a, a point of experience. And maybe if you don't know if they're a mentor or not watch for that kind of phrasing, cause you're going from being advised to mentor. Because sometimes you won't even realize you're being mentored at the time. And I remember yeah. looking back, there's a lot of people that I really thought were maybe just advisors. But if I actually look back at them after reading this book, they were mentoring me, even though I didn't really realize that they were. So. That's probably one of the keys here of the fact that it's not always the mentee or the advisee that is choosing all this stuff. It could be that someone has targeted you, you saying, hey... I like you. I think you could be where you want to go if you just listen to some of this stuff. And yeah. You show great potential. Yeah. Let me help guide you along your way. Which then kind of delves into phase three, level three. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. No, the, whatever. Yeah. What was it called in the book? It just, just I mean, uh, I don't exactly. There was a specific phrase used, but I don't actually remember it. But the whole book was really about sponsorship and the retrospectively. Level back nine. At, level nine. Yeah. Depcon. Why is it level nine? I don't know. Because it's more serious than level eight. A hundred percent. It's like it's super serious. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever go into a trauma bay and yell level nine people, people get really excited because they're not used to what the levels are. They think it's important. Um, so sponsors. So what is a sponsor? Yeah, uh, someone who pays me money. We'd prefer it to be like uh, Nike. I, I take sponsorship in lots of forms. It can, be, it can be food. Running. It can be drink. It can be clothing. Anyone that's listening to this that would like to sponsor us, we would. We'll yeah, we'll be it. happy to use you as a sponsor. Is this not what you're talking about, Andy? You look, you look as though we're off <laughs> no, track. No, you're, you're, you're not off track. So for me, when I think of sponsorship, one one picture that she uses in the book is that everybody is a NASCAR without logos on it. Everybody's a stock white racing car that hasn't been painted yet. Each of us are those kind of people that we have, whether you like it or not, in our lives, we look for sponsorship, whether in the form of breakfast, whether in the form of gifts. If you're an athlete, you look for it from Nike, Reebok, Adidas, any of those number of places. But when you look back at sponsorship, you've also been sponsored in areas you might not have recognized. So the first one I remember when I was reading through this book was we've, we've all been involved with the ACOAP on the student and resident level. But I remember literally going to a meeting and somebody that I had known for a while looked at me and said, you need to do this. And I did it. And then that changed my trajectory. And I think even within our 
our current practice of what we do, each of us have been sponsored, maybe even without realizing it, that we thought we were just getting mentored. But in real, realis- realistically, we were being sponsored. So you're saying so, someone who is a sponsor of you is providing you opportunities or projects or ideas and funneling them your way to try to help push you to the next level. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's taking a true active not that mentorship is an active engagement, yeah. but it's taking active engagement to a whole new level where the, the sponsor now is seeking opportunities for you. Yeah. They're thinking about you just discussing, of- hey, here's some things that you might want to think about doing. You know, if you want to talk at this conference, then what you need to first do is grand rounds and gives you a, a, a map. Yeah. As opposed to a sponsor is actually kind of punching your ticket in a lot of ways. Saying, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, I was talking with somebody who runs this conference and I said, you'd be perfect for that talk and they're going to email you and you need to do it. Yeah. It almost sounds like an active mentor as opposed to a reactive mentor. I like that. Active instead of reactive. Sounds like sponsors have a lot of investment in us overall mm-hmm. to the point where they are willing to put themselves out for you ahead of you actually realizing it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the, the, the whole summary of this book was, for me at least, was to actively look at my life and realize that I, I have people who advise me now. I have people that take it to the next level of their mentors. But I never I kind of underappreciated the idea that sponsorship really is how we get where we want to go. Not that mentors don't help us get there, not that advisors don't, but for us to have the meaningful existence that we're looking for, we have to be sponsored. Which is really how you get your break, Yeah, right? Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to, is, is the mentor puts you on a pathway, but your sponsor is the one that's probably going to offer you those actual breaks, like get, yeah. you, get you on the stage if talking is what you want to do, yeah. or find that academic position for you if that's what you actually want, or maybe it's just another job opportunity, maybe it's another life opportunity that takes you in a different direction, breaks down some barriers for you. Yeah. And it's interesting. So we talk a lot about advising mentorship and now sponsorship, almost as if it's going through college, going through medical school, school, going through residency. But I think reframing that a little bit to understand that this spectrum exists for your entire life yeah, and for your entire career. Um, Andy, you're kind of approaching the not-so-junior faculty role anymore. Uh I'm so old. So old and wise in your ways. Whole, I am a whole calendar year older than you guys are. I it's am amazing. still very much juniorist faculty in so many ways. <laughs> but it, it's incredibly important even at this stage of our lives and looking forward to the next stage that you have to continue to have these people yeah. to drive your career forward in whatever yeah. you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then take that to the next level is not only is that important for us as receiving that, but it's also important for us that as we try to improve ourselves is that we look for other people to raise up with us I was that we actively like that. target people and say, all right, I'm advising this person now. What will it take me to become a mentor to them? Or if you're a mentor to them, how do I now sponsor them? To me, that's, that's the crux. Like we've done enough advising and mentorship probably over the years, just naturally by the way our careers force us to do it yeah. I, in, in medicine. That's just what happens yeah. a lot. But sponsorship is a whole different level where you are, you are thinking about a person Outside of being in front of them, outside of them directly talking to you, you are seeking something for them just out of your own pure joy, will, desire, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really interesting because that's something that if you don't focus on, you'll probably miss it. and You probably won't do it as well as you could. Yeah. Find the right person that needs that targeted opportunity or is ready for that targeted opportunity is yeah. kind of hard. It is. So, Andy, what would you describe then the relationship that we have? It has been fun. I can say in the last three years that we've done this, it's been nice that as I was... As I read the book, I really felt that the one reason that makes us work is that we all take turns being these three people in each other's lives. 
where whether yeah. we've all been advisors to each other, we've all been mentors to each other, and then we all sponsor each other. And that's probably another good point too, is that you can change roles at any time if you need to. Yeah. Sometimes people just need to hear something. Yeah. Other times they should be given some guidance and other times you need to find something for them to do. Andy, thanks so much for bringing up this topic. I think this is a killer conversation and good to keep in mind that as we progress through life, no matter what stage of life and training and profession you're in right now, that the concept of advisee, mentee, and sponsorship is incredibly important to keep focused on whether you're the one giving it or receiving it. And with that, don't forget to follow us on our social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and on our blog site, emovereasy.com. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Advisee, mentee, and sponsorship. Well, I was going to say that, but I'm like, this is <laughs> I saw where I was going. I was like, uh, grammar, please. <laughs> it's, it just got me continually beat. Less sunny outside. It is, right. it is <laughs> as opposite of, it looks like midnight dust. outside. It is dust right now. About, our grass is about to get real wet. Um, it's going to rake up. Can we edit that out, please? <laughs> I just got it, and that was... <laughs>